Hey guys, this is Sarah from Engage Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast today. Subscribe to our podcast channel in iTunes so you'll get sermons as we upload them. We would love for you to leave comments and like our podcast in iTunes as well. If you have any more questions or want more info about Engage Church, check out our website at engagechurchduluth.com. Enjoy. I get asked this all the time. What's your five-year plan? I mean, you're meeting at the Clyde Ironworks. By the way, there's like an amateur wrestling match in here later on. I just think it's cool. Like we're having church and they're going to be plowing people in like a couple hours. <clears throat> but anyhow, you know, you're meeting at the Clyde Ironworks. Like people kind of think like, do you guys even have a plan? Of course we do. We started with eight people two years ago and just look around on, on a light Sunday. What's happening here? And that's not to mention the stories of life change in this ministry. Yes, we have a plan. We're here to embrace everybody. We're here to embrace everybody, and we are going to be obedient to God if it hurts and if it's fun. We're just going to do that. And so I've really changed the way that I think because our culture, our culture really is this fast-paced, ever-changing culture. Now, some would say, well, okay, Josh, but you know, you're, not, you're supposed to be in the world but not of the world. I understand that, but we are ministering to the world. And so the way that the world works in our context, in our culture, is that things change fast. And so what I have gone to is about an 18-month vision. That's what, I, that's what I lead the team, and sometimes it's six months. This is what we're going to do in the next six months. This is what we're going to do, and this is what we want to have accomplished in the next 18. Because five years, this is why. I, I don't want to have to hear from God that we need to make a move and say, all right, Lord, we need to stop. We need to, we need to pray about this. And I mean, and all of that is happening along the way. But when he calls us to make a decision, I want to be ready for that. I don't want to say, well, that doesn't really fit into our five-year plan, you know, like we were supposed to do this. I want to be ready to respond to God, to God. And trust me, as men, we can miss it sometimes. Not on purpose, but we do. And so this is really what I'm talking about is, I'm not saying that we don't pray for things. I, I hope that I'm communicating that. I'd be very disappointed in myself if I'm not. I'm saying that we get ready. When we're in the mountaintops of life, that's when we prepare for the valley. Because the valleys are always coming. In fact, Jesus promises this. He says, in this life, you will have trouble. Great promise from Jesus, but it's true. So we prepare on the mountaintops. We're not doing it in fear. We're not like, you know, anticipating the worst to happen. We're, we're just building our lives, our hearts up so that when, when the life takes a withdrawal from us, like we have enough in the bank to handle that and be ready. And that's what I see with Elijah right here. He was prepared. I mean, I, he must have been praying hard behind those oxen rears. That's all I know. Because he was ready to go. He knew it when God brought that cloak that Elijah put around him, he knew it's time. This is God speaking to me, and he went, and I love that. I love that. God's uh, direction is often intentionally vague, right? It, it, it really is. Uh, you know, he kind of, you know, Moses, go. Abraham, go to the land I'll show you. Okay, God, like, where does that mean? Do I go east? Do I go west? Do I go up? Do I go down? Just go to the land I'll show you. Uh, I mean, like, seriously, can you give me a little bit more? No, I just want you to go. So he starts walking. I mean, it's very vague. And, and what I've often known, you know, Peter, uh, in Peter, there's a scene in the Bible where they're out in this boat and there's a storm going on and he sees Jesus walking on water. It's an incredible scene. I mean, I wish I was there. That'd be awesome. And Peter just says, if it's you, Jesus, tell me to come. And Jesus just says, come. 
come. He's just very vague. Like, it's like he doesn't say put your right foot out first and, or, you know, get in with both feet and, you know, you got to balance yourself on the water. He just says, hey, come out of the boat. Come. Come. And oftentimes, I want to encourage you, I want to kind of teach you guys something that you may hear God just give you a word. Like one word, you've been praying. Maybe you're, maybe you're in a marriage and you're just like, man, I love this person, but we just, it seems like we can't get on the same plane. We can't get on the same uh, uh, page here. And maybe as you're praying for that, you hear one word. You hear God just say, stay. You just hear him say, stay. And you don't know what that means, but you know that that is just like Elijah. Okay, I got to drop this stuff and I got to stay, right? Uh, maybe, maybe we're dealing with some health issues, Maybe we're just dealing with health issues, and as we're praying, we hear one vague word, trust. Just trust me. That's hard to do, but we can have faith in that. We can have courage in that. Maybe we're at a church that we've been a part of for a while, and we're just not really sure what our role is or, or what we should be doing, or we've been hearing about like getting involved and things like that, but we don't think we have time. Or we don't. And maybe we just hear the word commit. Boy, we need commitment in the church circle. We really do. Maybe you just hear the word commit. Maybe, um, maybe you've been thinking about children, and, and maybe that's not possible for you. And you just hear the Lord say, adopt. And that scares the bejesus out of you. But maybe that's what the word that he wants to take you somewhere. You don't know the ins and outs of that. Maybe you've been dating this knucklehead. Well, it doesn't always have to be a guy, but... Maybe you've just been dating this person, and you hear God say, break off with that person immediately. This is ridiculous. Do not. So in those terms, sometimes he really gets on you. You know what I mean? Like, no, I wish I could have said that to my sisters a couple times. They, they were dating some interesting people. Yeah, so anyhow, um, in all these things, you know, this actually was very real in my life. It doesn't happen all the time, but I was living in Atlanta. Um, this was, boy... Six, seven years ago, I was living in Atlanta, and I actually, um, I don't say this in a prideful way, because I could care less about money. If you know me long enough, you'll know, but I was making, uh, at a job, I was making money that I probably will never see again, um, and, and it, was, it was just really incredible, and God was good to us in that season, but there was just one day where I just felt like, you need to just take some time and just pray and get hear from me and I felt that very strong so I actually took work off which was like not making my boss very happy at the time because we were busy and um, I just said I got to take three days off I didn't tell him why and I got a chair and we lived in Atlanta so you can't really get in the wilderness there but that's kind of where I hear from God as I like to get quiet with him in, in those places I got a chair and I went in my yard as far as I could go to where my peripheral vision would not see any neighbors luckily we had trees in the back and I could only hear uh, hear birds singing and stuff like that and it was just kind of my spot I sat out there for three days um, and had my Bible and I did some writing and I just listened and I heard God on the second day and it took them all the next day to convince me I wasn't so obedient at the time but I heard God say prepare prepare and I'm like, eh, that's probably me, that's probably me. You know, I mean, this little, like, arguing back. But that's what I felt was prepare. And ultimately what happened was, um, after that I shared that with my wife, and we ended up going to Bismarck, North Dakota, where I became a next generation's pastor. And it was there that God led me to here. 
And so he was preparing me there because there was a lot of things that I can't get into now, but just relationships that were built, connections that were made that made this move possible for when he gave me that. And so a lot of times we don't have to understand fully to obey immediately. And I want to encourage you guys with that today is obey. It's about this obey, this commitment to obey. If God tells you to move, move. And I don't mean literally like from your house, but I mean if he tells you to do something, do it. Be excited about that. There's something good around the corner. Some of you today have this thing that God's just been putting on your heart for a long time. And as I was praying this morning, I just felt like I needed to to say this. So I'm just telling you is I just want to encourage you. It's him. Just do it. I mean, that sounds like super simple. Like, really? Like, that was your advice? It's him. I just, I really strongly felt that this morning that, that somebody in here has been really just battling, is this God or isn't it? It's him. And it might sound ridiculous to the world. It might seem irresponsible, but it's him, and he's taking you somewhere. And be excited about that. Grab onto that. Embrace that. And if you need encouragement, come talk to me or Pastor Tim, and we'll, we'll just uh, talk to you about what that looks like. So you don't have to understand fully to obey immediately, Um, The uh, second thought that I have for you today (coughs) is that those, listen to this now, those God uses most are the ones that hold on to the least. Those that God uses the most are the ones that hold on to the least, okay? And we see this, I want to read this verse and then we'll talk about this, but in, uh, again, in, in 1921 here, it says, so Elisha left him and, and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. We're probably thinking like, okay, creepy. Um, he burned the plowing equipment and cooked the meat and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and become his servant. So here this is now, I know that in scripture, oftentimes we hear of people like slaughtering rams and cows and the fattened calf and everything to, to, to worship God. But here he does this and, and it is out of that, but it's out of obedience. He's like, listen, I am actually going to burn the bridge that might take me back to where it's going because I know this is the direction that God has. And guess what? I'm not just going to, I'm not just going to like, you know, shut down the engine with the oxen and feed the people. I'm going to burn the equipment because it's just, I want to, I want to show God that I'm ready to go, that I'm ready to go, that that I'm burning the plow. I mean, that's, that's crazy. He burnt the equipment. This was his livelihood. This is how he made money. This is how he fed his family. And he's just like, I know that God has something else for me, right? And this is irresponsible in our eyes. That is a silly, ridiculous thing to do, most people would say. I remember when uh, we started this church, before we started this church, we started a Facebook page. And I was still living in Bismarck, but I wanted to kind of hopefully get some connections here because we didn't know anybody here in Duluth. And, and I wanted to get some connections. And the very first post, and I've kept it there, um, just so you guys know, uh, I get asked sometimes, and, and now the team knows this, but I keep negative comments on our, on our website and everything because it gives us an opportunity to respond in love and people can see how we respond. And I'm not out there to, I mean, not everybody's gonna like what we do and not everybody's gonna agree and I don't agree with everybody. So I'm cool with that. Um, But the very first comment that we got, I thought this was interesting, was a person 
<coughs> asking why we need another church in Duluth and that we just wanted to get out of paying taxes and, you know, just all the goofy stuff that gets said. And, and it was very um, discouraging, very discouraging. And I was met then, so I'm like, well, that's obvious. That's a person that doesn't love what we're doing. It makes sense that they're going to kind of, you know, whatever, we're making them angry. But then I went in and I, I told some people that were at the church out there, and I won't name names, but some people that were very close to me, and they're like, Josh, you have a salary here? This is seriously what they said. You have a salary here? You got a family? Like, you just moved up from Atlanta, and we know your situation. Like, you, like dude, you're, you can't be thinking about that stuff. You need to think about your family. And that's when I said, you have my resignation because I just knew that that was the enemy speaking to me to try to stop me from doing something that God had. And I ran after that call. And it was, it's been scary, guys. I'm not kidding you. Like, there's been times that have been frightening. You know, this summer, when summer hits, man, you see attendance go down. And I'm not worried that anybody's not coming back. Go enjoy the lake. Be with your family. Like, that happens. But commit to what's happening here. You see the financial giving go down. I'm just being real with you guys. And that gets scary because it's like, what's going to happen come September when we have to pay rent and salaries for staff and things like that? You know, so as my flesh, you get a little scared about those things. But it was just in those, that time, I just knew. That was like almost like a turning point for me to realize that God had something. And, and, and it was just wonderful. It, was, it kind of pumped me up to be like, well, here, I resign. <laughs> it was kind of a fun little thing. Um, so it won't always feel responsible. And I want us to understand here, too, that uh, I'm not, when I talk about, you know, this like burning the plow kind of faith and obedience, I want to make sure that I'm clear here today that I'm not suggesting that we all leave this room today and we go into our bosses and we're like slam our keys down and we're like, we're out of here. Or, or we um, are, you know, I'm not suggesting that everybody's called to go to a foreign country or do something like that. Maybe God is calling you just to talk to your coworker. Maybe God's calling you just to invite your relative that's struggling right now to a church service. Maybe God's calling you just to open up your Bible once a week and read one verse. Maybe God is calling you to commit. You know, maybe you've been like a one Sunday attender on a Sunday morning. Maybe God's calling you just to commit to two. Maybe he's committing, asking you to commit to a grow group. Or maybe he wants you to pray for somebody. These are the kind of things that I'm talking about, and they have big, big, big effects on the people around us and us. So I'm not suggesting that we walk in, we quit our job. You have to know that God is talking to you to do things like that. You have to know if you're going to be uprooting family or, or careers or whatever else there, okay? So just be with me on that. But I do want to tell you a couple stories of this ridiculous faith. One is just the story of Engage. And I don't have to go into that because we talk about it all the time. And, uh, but it's just kind of what I shared with you guys is that it was really this ridiculous faith. I was, <coughs> I was sleeping one night and I just couldn't sleep. And I just felt this impression that we needed to come to Duluth. And I just felt the word Duluth, 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 Duluth. It just kept pounding in my head. And I'm like, why is this happening? And I actually felt like it's something like with one of my friends or something. I didn't know that I knew anyone here, but I thought maybe somebody's there and I just need to pray for them or whatever. So I got on the computer. I started Googling Duluth and I'm like, okay, this is a sweet city, but what's going on here? 
And that is where I continued to move forward, and that is how all of this began. It was really kind of ridiculous. I mean, a thought. That was it. God just placed this thought, this word, this city on my heart, and then it began. It developed into something. So that's one story. second story is a friend of mine. I thought this was great. His dad actually started several subways, several, and he wanted to hand it down to him. And, uh, and he did, and he worked in there for a long time, but, but he just knew, this, this friend of mine, he just knew, like, man, I, I'm so thankful for what my dad built and, and everything, but I know that God has me doing something else. I'm, I'm supposed to teach, and I want to be a coach. I want to coach basketball. I feel like I need to encourage young people. And, and so he had a conversation with his dad that was understandable but kind of hard. You know, his dad kind of had built something for the family, and, and he was telling him, like, Dad, I, I can't do this. And he took a major pay cut, and, um, but he is doing that, and he is one of the most integrity-filled guys and most excited about what he does. I mean, I don't think there's a day in his life that he feels like he works. He's doing things that he loves, and he's a great coach, and, and it's just really incredible. So see something kind of simple like that, you know. Um, uh, another another thing that this is just kind of an interesting thing is that um, we had, uh, this was down in Florida, and um, there was a, a couple that were, they're, they're just so great a people. Uh, they were so great people, and they were very much engaged in the church, you know, the, the local church. They were serving, and they were doing things, but they, they came across some money, and they had bought a new boat, and, um, you know, Florida's warm, it's nice weather, and they just, it, the weekends were when they could get away with the family. And all of a sudden, it was just like every Sunday they were missing church because they were out on the boat. And again, I'm not slapping any wrist up here. I'm just telling a story. And, and the kids, um, actually, after several times of this happening, the kids, um, one of the kids actually said, so, Dad, like, why don't we go to church anymore? <laughs> you know, and the dad's just kind of like, oh, man, like, I didn't really think about this. And, and he's like, well, you know, we're just spending time with the family. And then this young kid just kind of, sometimes it just popped truth out and just says, so is, like, the time on the lake more important than God? And he just said, that just crushed me, like, when, when he heard that with the kids. And, and so he felt like when he prayed that God was saying commit, and so they committed to their church on Sunday morning, and, and they don't feel like it's like a religious thing that they have to be there every Sunday, but they've committed to that because they want their kids to see that they're placing time for God. And I just think that that's incredible. And then another one that I thought was great is I have a, uh, another guy that he actually had a smartphone and struggled with pornography forever. And he decided that I'm not going to use this uh, cell phone anymore because it's too tempting, it's too easy. And I know that God wants something better for my life. And so he actually, I thought this was cool, he wanted to show God what burning the plow looked like. And I think this is a little bit dramatic, but it was cool. And he actually called a couple men with him. I was one of them. <coughs> Went to this spot, high, and overlooked a lake. And he smashed that phone on the ground. And he just said, Lord, forgive me. And he just whipped it as far as he could into the lake. Now that's littering. I get it. But it was pretty awesome. Right? It was pretty cool. And so now he has a flip phone. And we give him crap for it all the time because he's like on a flip phone. But he has victory over the pornography and his life feels more pure because that was his struggle. What plow is God asking you to burn? That's my only question here today. You don't have to understand fully to obey immediately. 
be encouraged that the ones who hang on to the least, God uses the most. If there's nothing in your life besides your kids and your family that you can live without, you're free. Nothing has a hold on you, and God can use you. Would you stand with me this morning? I just want to pray for you guys, and then we can be dismissed. Again, if you want to help, just kind of stand off the side or talk to Shane. We would uh, encourage you guys to invite somebody back next week. Think about what plow God's asking you to burn. You don't have to know fully to obey immediately. Lord, we love you here today. We thank you so much that you show us that as we let go of things in our lives and, and we just focus more on you, that you want to use us, that you're just waiting for an obedient heart to use. God, you're the creator of the universe, and yet you still are so patient with us, and, and you still want to give us the opportunity to work with you as we're here on earth. It blows my mind. You could just be this God that says, you worship me, you kiss my ring when I ask you to, and you do what I say because I'm God. But you don't say that. You give us a choice. You want us to have passion grow inside our hearts for you. You want us to burn with this faith that we're willing to burn the plow, the very thing that provides for us, because we realize that it's you that ultimately provides for us. You are an amazing God. Lord, I pray for the ones that you spoke to today in their heart. You're maybe giving them a word right now. I pray that they would have the courage to move forward on that or at least talk to somebody to see what that process might look like. Lord, I pray that this very day is not just another Sunday where we turn the key open and we open the doors to this church, but that you will do something. We thank you for the work that you're doing in the hearts of the people here. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for where you're taking us because we're willing to obey you. Ultimately, Jesus, we just want to say we love you. We love you. And that's what our words out of our mouth say to you. But we want our, our lives to show you. And that is only through obedience. Jesus, we thank you. We pray this in your awesome name. Amen. You guys have a great week. Invite somebody back. Stay around. Say hi to someone. God bless. Well, guys, thanks for joining us. Don't forget to add us to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Engage Duluth, on Facebook, and on the web at EngageChurchDuluth.com. See ya.